Hey everybody, it's Nicholas Black, and this is the Goth Geek Podcast, Episode 5. Today's topic is Halloween, its history, its goth origins, uh, and uh, its original origins, where it came from and uh, what it's all about. Most of the stuff you guys may already know, but uh, maybe you'll learn a few things. And then also we're going to talk about me, your host. Uh, I'm going to share a little bit of information about myself, since I haven't actually done that in the prior episodes. So we're going to go ahead and uh, just explore a little bit about my, me, Nicholas Black, and what I what I do, uh, why I do Goth Geek podcast, why I, my business is Goth Geek, and why I consider myself a Goth Geek. But of course, before we do all that, uh, check out our Etsy shop at etsy.com slash shop slash goth geek uh, for all your amazing uh, needs of dice and coffin boxes and posters and jewelry uh, we have some amazing blood splatter uh, d20 uh, earrings uh, on sale right now uh, we have some amazing uh, posters that are on sale actually almost everything in our shop is currently on sale till the end of october 10 uh, percent off and we have free shipping so definitely check that out uh, or you can just like and follow us on social media. We're on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at the Goth Geek. So you can find us on there. We share news stories throughout the week about different things going on and whatnot, like the Tim Burton working on an Adams Family uh, TV show revival. Like, what's up with that? We shared that article about that. Uh, we shared about the uh, passing away of the Amazing Randy, which was a uh, if you don't know who he is, an amazing magician who spent the 70s and 80s and basically his entire career debunking frauds, people who, you know, thought who would prey on others, who uh, uh, said they had powers and would make people pay them to, you know, talk to the dead or, uh, you know, healers and stuff like that. Um, so he debunked frauds um, for a living. Uh, so you can check out those stories that we shared uh, through our social media, and that's what we do. Um, we find stories that we think, you know, people who are goth geeks themselves would be interested in. Uh, so again, that's at the goth geek, or check out our Etsy shop, etsy.com forward slash shop forward slash goth geek. All right, and now on with the show. So first up, we're going to talk about me. Uh, so I'm Nicholas Black. As you guys all know, uh, the owner uh, of Goth Geek. Um, but why do I consider myself a Goth Geek? Why do I consider myself even qualified at all to talk to you great people about all these different topics that are gothy and geeky and, uh, you know, in that genre? And to be honest, I'm not an expert um, by any means, but my backstory is. I've been a geek all my life. Uh, I've been a goth, in my opinion, all my life. I just didn't know that's what you called it. Uh, but I was introduced to the geekier side of things. Uh, my earliest memories is when I was five, actually. My brothers uh, played D&D. &D. They played uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, uh, the role-playing game, which some of you may not even know that, that that was a thing that existed, but it was, and maybe still is. I haven't actually looked into that. Uh, but they played definitely D&D, &D, um, Dungeons & Dragons. And as a five-year-old, four-year-old, I 
loved the, this game, and I would sit there and listen to them play, uh, and they would give me a character sheet. <laughs> and of course, being four or five, I didn't actually know what to do with the character sheet, but I would draw on it, doodle, uh, and sit there and listen to them just, you know, play out their adventures. And that really got me into it. But I didn't actually play D&D or any role-playing games until high school, really. Uh, but I was always aware of D&D um, because of my brothers. And I, like I said, I loved it. I just didn't know how to get into it. I did buy the starter box back in like 1988, 89. When I was, I was still a, like, I was older, but I was still a little kid. But I had no friends to play with. No, There was no nine-year-olds who wanted to play Dungeons & Dragons. Um, so it literally just sat and collected dust until it got lost probably in a move or something. Um, but then I became a teenager. And uh, I found friends who were into Dungeons & Dragons. I found friends who were into Magic the Gathering, which was, you know, big in the mid-90s, early 90s. Uh I found friends who were into World of Darkness, Vampire the Masquerade, and so that's where I really kind of flourished with my geekiness. And the same, and the same could be said about uh, my goth uh, side. Uh, I was always into uh, vampires. Uh, one of my first earliest books as a child was Benicula, the Vampire Bunny, uh, the Celery Stalks at Midnight. I don't know if you've ever heard of that series, but if you have, you understand. Uh, my Babysitter's of Vampires are my favorite books. And so I was kind of always into the goth aspects of books and, uh, and reading especially. Uh, I was uh, a big fan of uh, Dracula as a kid. My, uh, my brothers, again, being influences, uh, they, the high school did a play in my hometown and they worked on the play. Uh, lighting and whatnot, and so they had they got T-shirts that were black with red, bloody writing that you know said Dracula, and it gave the year of the play and all that. And I got hand-me-downs, and I love that shirt, and I wore the crap out of that shirt forever <laughs> because I thought it was so cool. Uh, and so yeah, I I didn't really know that this was considered goth until I was probably sixteen uh, in high school, uh, and I met a girl who was very much into Marilyn Manson, Nine Inch Nails, uh, The Cure, uh, and she's the one who kind of like was like, this is goth. You should check it out. And I did, and I fell in love with it. I was like, this is home. This is what I've been missing, what I've always kind of felt out of place. <clears throat> and so I was, in high school, a goth geek. I was the guy who, like wore all black and played Magic the Gathering, uh, you know, on, on the lawn. No, we really don't play on the lawn because that would run your cards. But, you know, played Magic the Gathering. And, you know, I had a group of friends who were not exactly goth, but they were, they, we had similar tastes, uh, be it geeky stuff or, you know, the darker things. They, we all kind of meshed together. It was kind of mixed, uh, mixed bag. And so that's my background. Um, once I fell, thought, found the word goth and the subculture, uh, officially in, in high school, I fell in love with it and I didn't let go. Uh, despite all my parents, uh, friends telling them, telling them, letting, you know, trying to, uh, calm their nerves and say, Oh, it's just a phase. And, you know, for many people, 
for many people, it was a phase, you know, the, you know, they talk about, you know, the goth phase or the emo phase when that came out. But for me and for, you know, many others, goth was never a phase. It, it was a coming home. It was a realization. And that's, that's how it's been. Uh, since age 16 and I'm 40 now, I identify as a goth, uh, or as a member of the goth subculture. I wear a lot of dark colors, um, mostly black. Uh, I wear nail polish. I wear eyeliner on occasion. And that's just, that's who I am. But I'm also a geeky guy too. And as we said in the very first episode, labels really don't mean 100% of one thing or the other. So again, it doesn't mean anything uh, truly that I'm saying all these things of what I, I consider myself as a goth what because of these things because it's goth is much bigger and broader than just the few pinpoints I've mentioned. So, but to me that was goth and it still is for me. Uh, for you, it might be something completely different, but yeah, so that's why I started goth geek. Um, a couple of years ago because I felt there was a niche market where these two different subcultures weren't really meshing. People weren't meeting that need. I wasn't seeing a lot of morbid, dark things that also were geeky. And it really confused me because there's a lot of stuff out there that meshed together. And I was seeing things like, uh, well, like Dragon Con in Atlanta, which we've talked about a little bit, where, you know, it's a Comic-Con that has goth bands and performers like Voltaire uh, and Abney Park perform there almost every year. Um, and so I just, like, okay, if this does exist, why am I not seeing it for me? Why am I not seeing a market for it? Uh, the things I would be interested in, like coffin dice sets and you know blood splatter dice and tombstone themed uh dice boxes and things like that and coffin dice trays you know uh dice towers with skulls on them you know things like that those are you know not exactly mind-blowing ideas but i was not seeing them anywhere and so i decided that i would create my own and that's how goth geek was kind of born was this idea that there was this niche between these two subcultures that just was not being met in my opinion. Nowadays it's a lot more common. It seems like, but anyways, that's about me. Uh, so I hope that helps a little bit of why uh, I do this and who I am. Uh, if you ever do have any questions, you can always, uh, DM us at the goth geek on any of the social medias and just be like, Hey, I was curious about this or, you know, what other things were you into <clears throat> besides these things, besides the things you mentioned. And, uh, you know, I mean, heck I've been into video games forever too. I mean, our first system was a Nintendo entertainment system. Uh, and yeah, I was a little bit young for that one. Uh, I still enjoy playing it, but the Super Nintendo was really my system, but that's a whole other thing. Um, but again, video games are considered geeky still. That's kind of a, a sub subgenre of geek dumb uh, gamers and whatnot, and that was also something very early in my life. Uh, we we rented a, a Nintendo Entertainment System, like you could do that. You could go to a local blockbuster or video rental place and 
rent a gaming console and a couple of games for the weekend. And, you know, that's what we did until we got one for Christmas. <clears throat> so, again, that's where I'm going to end that part. Now let's talk about Halloween. Because Halloween is coming up. Uh, it's everyone's favorite holiday, or it should be, if you're listening to this podcast. Um, we talked about it a little bit last week, about how cosplay and goths, cosplayers and goths really enjoy Halloween. Because it's the one day of the year where we both kind of feel normal. And it's just... A great holiday regardless. Uh, even if you're not a goth or a cosplayer, uh, I know a lot of people say, oh, well, Halloween's for children, so if you've got kids, you know, it's more fun because then you can go trick-or-treating with them. And I say fooey on that because it's a great holiday regardless if you have children or not. Uh, I've always enjoyed Halloween. Uh, me and my wife, we don't have kids, but we still love giving out candy uh, to trick-or-treaters. We love decorating the house. And getting crazy uh, with that. And we enjoy either having people over and hanging out uh, for like a Halloween-esque party. Or, you know, going out to the clubs or to wherever, you know, for a Halloween party. This year, of course, with COVID, things are a little bit different. But regardless, Halloween is not just for people with kids. It's not just for kids. It's really for anyone and everyone who wants to have a little fun with dressing up and just having a good time in general. You get to, I mean, it's the only time as an adult really that you're allowed to wear a costume besides maybe a costume party, but that's for that party. Halloween is everywhere. So if you dress up for a costume party in July and go to your local gas station to grab, you know, some gas and maybe a snack before you head over, you're going to get some weird looks on Halloween. You can go into Walmart or anywhere dressed up, and you're not going to get too many strange looks because, hey, it's Halloween. That's It's expected. People are going to be doing that. And so it's really just a fun holiday to do that. It's the only time you really get to, as an adult, wear a costume uh, and be someone different. Uh, but I digress. Uh, so what we're talking about today is kind of like the history of Halloween. <clears throat> it's actually really interesting. It's also a little confusing. Uh, Halloween, like many holidays, has its pagan roots, if you will, Celtic roots. And uh, those are uh, older, of course, ancient. Uh, we're talking about Samhain or uh, Samhain or Samhain. I, I mispronounce it all the time, but it's basically a harvest holiday holiday. Uh, uh, this is a time, uh, also known as the Celtic New Year, uh, but basically it's the harvest and the end of summer. Um, it's uh, a really interesting fact that most pagan holidays involve some kind of changing of the seasons, uh, or uh, they have to do with the harvest, which makes sense, again, uh, with, with planting, you know, uh, crops for food and whatnot, or harvesting them. Uh, what's really interesting about this is that back in these uh, ancient days, uh, it was kind of where we got jack-o'-lanterns from. Uh, the Celts would actually uh, carve into vegetables uh, lanterns, basically. Uh, they would make lanterns uh, out of vegetables. Uh, here in the Americas, uh, uh, Native Americans, uh, or indigenous people, uh, the Native tribes, use pumpkins uh, to make lanterns. Um, 
There were also uh, some animal sacrifices, uh, which was kind of interesting. Uh, they would leave food out um, to their gods uh, for you know a good harvest. But it was basically a harvest festival in general. And I mean, you still see harvest festivals um, all across the country. Um, you know, fall festivals is what they're sometimes called. Uh, fall, but that's what that was. Uh, and so we, we had this European pagan tradition for a really long time. Uh, but Halloween as we know it didn't really start becoming Halloween until much more recent. Uh, to be honest, like the 1800s in America is when Halloween really kind of started taking off. I mean, even to to this day, uh, and some of the expats and uh, world travelers out there will know, Halloween is not really celebrated as much uh, in Europe, Asia, uh, and other parts of the world. I mean, you'll see some decorations here and there, some places to buy stuff. But for for the most part, Halloween is very much a North American, America, Canada kind of holiday. Uh, in Mexico, you have Day of the Dead, of course, um, and that's the day after Halloween, actually, November 1st. Uh, de los de Morte, I believe is how you pronounce that. Uh, if I butcher that, I apologize. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that's, uh, what they celebrate in Mexico and actually here in, uh, southern, uh, part of the United States, southern Arizona, to be exact. Uh, it's very big because we're right on the border. Uh, and we share a lot of, lots of, uh, <clears throat> lots of co- cross, uh, cultural, um, celebrations and whatnot, um, with, uh, Mexico because of how close we are. Uh, so, uh, Day of the Dead is big here, uh, where I live. Uh, but at the same time, Halloween's still big too. So it's you know, like you get two holidays, uh, for the price of one. But, uh, so basically Halloween in the 1800s, uh, was still, uh, very different. Uh, here in America, we had uh, European immigrants that were coming over in the 1800s, and they brought their traditions uh, with them, of course. Uh, and that's kind of how this always works with these kind of things. It's a melting pot situation where you get different traditions from different cultures, and they kind of blend together. Uh, Halloween is a mixture of, of Irish uh, traditions and Scottish traditions. Uh, the, the Scottish immigrants uh, who came over actually celebrated with fireworks, and they told ghost stories, and they played games of making, as this article says, playing games and making mischief. Uh, uh, and which makes kind of sense when you think about trick or treat. You know, it, a trick is obviously, you know, playing a prank on someone if they don't uh, provide you a treat. Uh, so... Uh, you also had fortune tellers uh, uh, on on this day. Uh, you also had things like uh, Guy Fox Day, um, which is on November fifth. Uh, back then, uh, it also became intertwined with Halloween, uh, which is kind of an interesting thing because we really don't think of Guy Fox Day as something associated with Halloween. But back then. Uh, they kind of all just kind of started blending together, uh, especially in America here in the 1800s. I mean, people were living on top of each other and just, you know, you had everybody and anybody just, you know, together. You had two, three families living in one house. And when I say house, I mean a one room, you know, what we would consider like a shed. (laughs) 
So it makes perfect sense. And then a lot of the pranks and mischief, uh, or the work of, you know, kids being kids and, uh, being naughty and whatnot. And I mean, I'm, I'm kind of skipping around, uh, history here. I mean, I really suggest going and looking up the history of Halloween. Uh, I'm no expert. I'm just a regular guy who enjoys the holiday and, you know, I'm sharing information that I'm just doing the same thing, looking up, uh, so, but I'm jumping around quite a bit. Uh, but going back to where I was, was uh, for the 1800s, uh, you know, so Halloween was kind of very different in America. It was, you know, this ce- different celebrations and ghost stories, like I said, and, you know, fireworks and just uh, <clears throat> really kind of all over the place, pranks and not really what we're, we think of as Halloween as t- today. Uh <sighs> It kind of got worse before it got better. Um, the pranks, especially uh, in the early twentieth century, uh, uh, basically, uh, you know, we had some costumes uh, and whatnot called guising or souling, uh, and those got those those costumes though were kind of used to keep yourself hidden, uh, your identity protected, to play pranks. Uh, in the nineteen twenties. Pranks had really become like the main Halloween activity, especially by young people, uh, and so we really wouldn't see what we consider Halloween until the mid twentieth century. Um, it's hard to believe, but yeah, Halloween uh, as we know it is not very old. Uh, it was something that really became <clears throat> uh, more prevalent to what we know today in the 1930s a little bit with like trick-or-treating uh, that was like community-based trick-or-treating so it wasn't like the nationwide thing it is now uh but uh those trick-or-treating uh communities that, that actually had to stop because of world war ii um there was a sugar ration uh, so there wasn't really any candy to give out or or treats to be made to give out uh however in the 19 19- uh, 40s and 50s, uh, after after World War II, uh, this c- tradition kind of exploded, and candy making companies really wanted to take uh, a piece of that pie, make some money, basically, uh, and so that's where we get it today. Uh, a fun fact is the term trick or treat uh, really is hard to like pin down. Uh, where it actually came from, but uh, it was uh, firmly established uh, in American popular culture by 1951, uh, and this was because uh, the Peanuts comic strip, uh, uh, you know, Charlie Brown uh, depicted it uh, trick-or-treating. Uh, and then in 1952, Disney produced a cartoon called Trick or Treat, featuring Donald Duck and his nephews Huey, Dewey, and Louie. Uh, so 1950s was really when that term Trick or Treat was kind of <clears throat> popularized. Um, doesn't mean that's where it came from. It might have been around for a few more years before that. Um, it's unknown precisely where and when the phrase was uh, was coined or, or invented. But Halloween as we know it, with that phrase, again, mid-20th century. So we're looking at, it's 2020 now, 
So we're looking at 70 years of this tradition. Like, that's maybe one person's lifetime. That I mean, that means there's, there could be people out there who are still alive today who remember when they, that, you know, you didn't say trick-or-treat, you, you didn't dress up for Halloween. And so, I mean, to me, that's really fascinating because this is, like, newer history. Uh, this holiday that, you know, is technically thousands of years old, uh, but or has roots that are thousands of years old. Uh, but the way we know it now is, you know, only 70 years old. I mean, heck, the Christmas tradition that we celebrate, if, if you do, with a Christmas tree and presents and decorating is only, you know, is actually older. It's 100 years old, a little more. Coca-Cola really kind of turned that around and turned uh, Christmas into kind of what it is today. Uh and again, I mean, modern Christmas is way different, but still, just to give you an idea there that, you know, the Christmas tradition, the modern Christmas tradition is actually older than the modern Halloween tradition. Uh, so that's, to me, really interesting. Uh, of course, you have, like I said earlier, the Day of the Dead celebration, uh, which is, uh, you know, celebrating the life of your, lo your loved ones who have, pa who have gone on, who have passed away. Um, visiting their grave sites, uh, leaving offerings to them, uh, remembering them, basically. Uh, popularized in movies like Coco and The Book of Life. It's a really interesting tradition. Uh, and since it's really close to Halloween, uh, a lot of people uh, merge the two together. I'm sure you've all seen the Day of the Dead uh, decorations you can buy at Target that are you know right next to Halloween. Uh, but it's always a smaller offering than in Halloween, uh, just because it's a smaller uh, uh, group of people that are celebrating it. And I say, why don't why not celebrate both? We do in this house. Uh, we have Halloween decorations up, and literally on November first, uh, we will take the, the Halloween decorations down and throw up uh, some of our uh, Day of the Dead uh, wreaths, and uh, you know celebrate the Day of the Dead, and we usually keep that up for a couple of days. Um, but yeah, so I definitely recommend uh, doing your own research on this holiday and all of them, Samhain, uh, or Samhain, uh, the pagan holiday, which is also still celebrated to this day in its own uh, rituals and rites uh, by uh, neo-pagans uh, uh, and uh, Wiccans and uh, that group. Uh and then, of course, the, the is celebrated still by, you know, millions of people worldwide. Uh, and and then, of course, Halloween. So definitely do your own research. Um, this is just kind of a tidbit, uh, a bit of all over the place about a little bit of the history and interesting uh, facts. Uh, I still think it's interesting to me that, you know, we have jack-o'-lanterns still. That that's something that somehow carried over all this time. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, we don't use them for really light sources <laughs> as they did. Uh, but you know, we still do this tradition of having, you know, carving pumpkins or in gourds and whatnot. And, you know, putting a light, uh, a, a candle or, uh, in this day and age, you know, a, a modern electrical light, uh, you know, battery operated candle, <laughs> uh, and put it on our front, our front porches and whatnot. And that's just, that fascinates me, you know, even though we have this modern holiday that's only 70 years old as it is, 
we still have these very old traditions uh, mixed in there. So that's all I have for this week. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, I hope you learned at least a little something or might have mentioned something. I might have mentioned something that you were like, I need to do more research on that and Google it. Uh, next week, uh, we might be talking about Devil's Night, I think. Uh, that's the holiday where right before Halloween, uh, it's best depicted in the movie The Crow. Uh, but it's basically what happened to all those pranksters uh, on Halloween, they moved it over to October 30th. Uh, but we're going to talk about that history of, of that a little bit, I think, next week, along with maybe a few other things. Uh, so, yeah, that's it for now. Hope you've all had a great time, and thanks so much for listening. Oh, and of course, follow us at The Goth Geek on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and check out our shop at etsy.com slash shop slash the goth geek as you can tell i'm still trying to figure out this whole podcast thing and learning to speak like a human being thanks for listening